Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, and the Gurkha Cigar Studio in beautiful British Columbia, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Mitchell Santaga. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and that is the third time that I have started the show and have fixed, and then it still do it again. Our intro thing, our intro video. I don't know what something. I, I talked about this on a few few spare notes ago. For those who remember, uh, being pretty annoyed with our current broadcast system, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. I have fixed that so many times, and I'm like, all right, it's good. Files locked in, and I go to the next show, and then like that whole thing just stops, and I'm like, what's going on? This is getting very annoying. Um, so I apologize. Hopefully. For that. Hopefully it will change soon in terms of we'll have a new streaming platform. Hopefully we're soon. working on it. We're working on it. We're we're trying. It's just these kinds of things take time. Well, technical, you know, we're also technical swapovers. We're literally in the process of moving at the moment, so I know that that's definitely taking precedence over my uh, my head yes. uh, my head of uh, my head of production and design. So a lot of a lot of news. A lot of new. New, new this uh, this year and in going into New Year. You know, you got a uh, new website, which you should go check out, smokeatobacco.com. Yeah, yeah, big year. This was a big year. Check out, for... check out all of our news and reviews. This was a big year for Smoke and Tobacco as well as, I think, everybody on the team personally. Um, you know? Just a lot happened. But, um, you know, Ke- Kevin technically joined this year. Yep. Officially. Yeah, I, I pretty, and, and I awesome. technically also was like I was late last year, early this year, right? So this was like I, your first full year. I mean, you got here last year. First this was your first year, full yes. year. Kevin Kevin's got here. First. When did Kevin come on? I forget. Uh it was before PCA, but I don't think he had written anything officially for the site prior to PCA. Early spring. Um. Yeah. So most of the year he was here. Most was. of the year. It was, yeah. I would say it was a good, good portion of the year. For sure. Yeah. So I mean, uh, the team, the team grew, and it it might be growing even more. Yep. Uh, heading yep. into twenty twenty four. So, and yeah, like Mitchell said, brand new website. Um, you know, a lot of work and time went into that. Um, you know, and our shout out to our friends at Bistro Studios. Um, you know to Matt and everyone over there who, you know, designed it, built it, programmed it, and continues to, you know, keep it functional. Um, yeah. I tell you, it's not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. <laughs> but, Beautiful, yeah. But, you know, they, they do a great job. So, um, you know, it just – whatever we need, I, I bug them all the time. But um, when you're obsessed with perfection and, you know, constantly on top of everything, that's – that happens. So, thank you, th- thank yeah, you to them for also having the patience to deal with my hundreds of emails all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, lots, lots of new, new this year. Lots of new, new. Lots of new, new. Lots of new products. Lots of new cigars. Um, you know, which we'll talk a little bit about. We're not gonna. This is not our top twenty-five show. So, sorry if that was maybe a little misleading. But that will come in January. The list is being finalized, and. Um, you know the team's working hard on that, and we're we're almost there. So we're gonna set that up for January. I also want to do that after I'm done moving and all of that nonsense. So um, yep. 
what uh let's see where do I want to begin today? I mean, there's so much to talk about. First of all, shout out to my boy Ryan Beck. You know, he's he's a new he's a new uh, follower of this show. Uh, he loves to come out and support the show. Um, he he is a he's a, a friend of mine, and he's not a cigar smoker, but he uh, enjoys entertainment. And um, I have to look at his face all day, so whatever I can do to add <laughs> laughter to that is always a, a huge plus for me. Uh, so he, so he's here tonight. So as well as everyone else that's always here listening and watching with us, as always, we love, love, love and support you. Um, like, and subscribe to the show and get those notifications going And Hey, tell your friends and family you're watching smoke and tobacco and everything that's happened. That's exciting this year. We're going to talk about today. Yeah. So share that show out. Couple of comments to make. Um, first of all, I'm going to talk about what I'm smoking and what I'm lighting it with. Yeah. Um, I know you're not smoking tonight, but you're drinking some wine, and I'm going to definitely check in with you on the wine um, in in a in a beat. But first of all, let's let's get this going. Um, our cigars are once again brought to you by our very good friends at Two Guys Smoke Shop and Two Guys That's right, the number two guys I am smoking the. I bet you they don't have these in stock anymore, but um, they do sell tons of products from J.C. Newman. Um, this is the Yagua, and I don't know what year this is from, but I know it's not one of the newer ones. This is. I've, these have been sitting around for a few years, so they got some age on them too. But this is the Yagua from J.C. Newman. Um, this is a great cigar. I was, you know, we had no guests on the show tonight, so I was trying to figure out what I wanted to smoke, and I was like, hey. Um, let's see what's around. And I found the box and I was like, oh, I didn't even realize I still had these. And I was like, I'm going to have one of these. It's, it's been a beat. And, uh, you know, JC, they're here supporting us every week. JC Newman Cigar Co. So I figured, hey, why not? Let's light one of these up. And once again, I'm cutting and lighting my cigars with none other than ST DuPont products. That's right. Featuring this will probably be the last show that I feature this because I have a, uh, I'll have a new one for you on the next one. Um, this is the Defi Extreme featuring the Twin Torch Jet Lighter with the massive side view fuel window. I don't know what the official term is. That's what I like to call it. Um, always lights and roasts my cigars very well. And the SD DuPont cutters are some of the sharpest that I've ever had. I mean, they slice they slice through cigars like, like butter, like a hot knife through butter. I mean, it's um, nothing but precision and quality from SD DuPont. Be exceptional. So... Yes, Ryan, you did get a shout-out. The more you comment, the more I'm going to talk about you. So, you know, just keep that in mind, and then we, we can talk about this tomorrow when I get when I get in. So <laughs> this will be this will be hilarious. Vince is with us here tonight. He's smoking a McAuliff Leenda Toro. Um, that's another new product that came out this year, the Toro size and the Leenda. You know, McAuliff had an interesting year. They introduced some uh, – some line, not really, yeah, like line extensions, some new sizes with some of their stuff. They introduced a whole new line. It was their first new line that they introduced since 2020 uh, with the McAuliffe Black, which we'll talk about again when we do the news. Um, for those who follow the show, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that that cigar was pretty good. I, in, in my opinion, probably um, one of the best, if not the best, cigar that McAuliffe has made to date. Um, so mm. big year for them with the McAuliffe Black, which, you know, I think is going to do well at the end of the year on the list this year. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, coming in at a great price point and especially as, 
you know, every week we just see more and more and more every brand saying price increase, price increase, price increase, right? Like two years ago, that six to $10 mark was kind of like, you know, that ballpark mark that you were looking for cigars. Easily now you're looking at 12 to 16. You know, if you're like almost double now what you were just two or three years ago for that kind of like really like solid, you know, you're always going to get a good smoke. But that, I think every, almost every Vitola coming in at sub $10 for the McAuliffe Black. Um, can't, I think can't it's really go wrong. seven for the Robusto. Or round eight. 10. Yeah. Seven for the Robusto, eight for the Toro, if I remember yeah. correctly. So yeah. you, can't, you can't really go wrong. You know, I expect them in the next year to five years to be coming out with line extensions on that and really building that black brand um, to to more Vitolas and even maybe just a, a couple of like wrapper variations on that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously it's a success for them so far, and um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it moving forward. Um, but and, and it, you know that that that's one company that I, I would I would say had a pretty good year, um, at least so far. I mean, I know all the lists aren't out yet, so I don't know where, you know how it's going to rank with everybody, or you know if it becomes you know Charlie's consensus or whatever. But I I still think it's a win. I, I it was a great cigar, and I I haven't really heard any negativity about it. I don't think I've talked to anyone who didn't like it. So that's a win. People are buying it because they like it. It's moving. Um, So, you know, you got to give them credit for that. Um, This also was like the year of, I want to jump on this now while it's fresh. Because um, this was also like kind of, well, at least the end of the year, the end of the year was kind of like the year of the trademark dispute. You know what I mean? It's like we had, you know, um, Seraphine de Cuba accusing Fratello um, yep. of trademark infringement. And that is still a developing story. Um, you know, there's been some questions, nothing official, but in conversations and stuff that's been had. Uh, I know Pete Johnson brought light to this. There's, there's a bundle cigar out there called Cigars Fugazi. And a lot of them are blended to be similar to existing brands we all know and love. And on the packaging, it actually lists those cigars by name. And I know that that is something that, that, that people are looking into right now over, you know, the names being used on the product. Um, it's not being called that, but the names are being used. I know there's been a lot of discussions there. And then today, um, it's the uh, it's the heavyweight championship. That's right. It's the, it's the, it's the final round. It's Tyson versus um, Holyfield. Sorry, I don't know why I blanked on that. You know, it, it's Gurkha against Davidoff, which... Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I called this. I called this earlier in the year. And, you know, I will say when we went to the trade show back in July, I was the one who went to the Gurkha booth. And I talked to Juan Lopez and he was, you know, showing, you know, every year we do the same thing with everybody. We go in the booth and they give us the presentation of like, this is what we have. This is what it is. How many boxes? And so on and so forth. So, you know, we went through the, the collection and he brought out the dragon, beautiful box, you know, great packaging, told us a little bit about it. Um, and then just before he was kind of done with that and he was switching to like the next box he was going to show us, excuse me, I apologize for that. Um, he said very quickly, he's like, oh, and we trademarked it so no one else can use it. And I was like, oh, yeah, about and I kind of just laughed and was like, I not that I didn't believe him, but I'm like, you're the dragon, though. I don't know. That's how do you, you know, how do you police that? I mean, that's 
one that everyone's using and how they did they really get that trademark so but i don't know i just kind of was like well i don't know we'll see but then the more i thought about it i'm like you know if they have that trademark and that is true that's gonna be a problem for a lot of people and uh i I started i started to get on that bandwagon of like i what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and then davidoff announced formally you're the dragon which we all know and talked about, and I was waiting for Gurkha. I'm like, when's Gurkha's coming? Because I, I mean, I mean, we knew it was coming. And I was waiting for the announcement, and it came in yesterday. And I said, oh, all right, Gurkha's is out. And then today, I spoke to Bianca Lopez, director of marketing for Gurkha Cigar Group, who officially told me um, very limited information because it is an ongoing legal case, but told me personally on the phone that um, they do own the trademark. They've owned that trademark since 2009, and they have policed it um, before uh, to protect it, and that's pretty much what they're doing now. And uh, I do know that I'm pretty sure they also own the trademark for just the word dragon because they have another cigar that uses, you know, the dragon. Um, they have like they have like I think like nine, seven or eight or something like that, like dragon um, things, like dragon and this, dragon and that. Yep. Um, I think Dragon on its own as well. So they own a few different like versions of that. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's uh it's definitely tricky. Um, you know, so yeah, it it it's interesting. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, my buddy Ryan here has a question for you. Uh, what kind of wine is he drinking? Let's let's actually establish that. I'm I'm so sorry, Ryan. I I should have jumped on that. Aleco, Alessio. Alcio, I think. Alcio. Al- I'm horrible Al- with pronunciation. Al- Anyone who watches the show regularly. Yeah, I think that. it's. I think I'm pretty sure it's a Spanish wine. Spanish red. Tempanilla. It's mm. red. Yes, it's red. I'm not 100 percent the region, but I'm Ryan. I bet you, Spain. Yes. Ryan, if you're still watching, Spain. I bet you Steve drinks that out of the bottle. No lie. Yeah, this is a. Uh, yeah, to kind of break up this. Um, this very fruit forward, but then. Dr- quite i'd say very dry on the finish it's not the most drying i've ever had but it's it's quite dry on the finish so it it, it cuts off pretty quick but it's definitely juicy heavy full-bodied wine up front and uh lots of deep rich like current notes and uh Mm. give that bad boy a sip taste it let it mellow don't rush it Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's good it's actually when i first opened it a few days ago it was a little too intense and a little too drying. Um, a few days with the bottle open, actually, it's helped a lot. So I think if you were to buy the bottle, this was a 2019, maybe a little bit of age might might bring down some of that drying and tannin. Um, decant with, it, with maybe. The bottle. Yeah, maybe decant it, give it some air if you're going to have it. Um, also, the first day I drank it, it was room temperature. Um he's a bag slapper not you dude bag wine bag bag wine is just i know bag wine is just another level of of consumption um we we we, one of one of one of the guys we we work with is a wine guy and 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 he he told us the other day that his wife asked him why the you know why all the wine was gone but there were no dirty glasses in the sink he said because i drink it out of the bottle and so, um, <laughs> Drink he's, straight out the bag. He, he's like, he told us, he's like, yeah, I think it was like the middle of the week. And he was like, yeah, he's like, we buy a box of wine every week. 
like a case, Jeez. like a, like a case of bottles, and he was like, and uh, it's already gone, and uh, supposedly, supposedly. So, um, <laughs> and then and then nice. Ryan comments and says, oh, he's a bag slapper. So, I don't yeah. know. Is, I, it, is, is he a box wine guy? I don't even remember wine. that. <laughs> I've only I've only recently gotten into the wine. Uh, I'd say Italian, Italian, and French are so far my go-to's. Some Brunellos, some some Chiantis, but uh, yeah, this is okay. This ain't too bad. I think in Canada it's under twenty bucks, so that's probably like a nine dollar bottle in these in the states. Probably, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. It goes for eight or nine bucks. Yeah, or, or again, alongside our cigar taxes, Canadian Canada has humongous alcohol taxes, and oh, they gee, seem to go up every three to five years. Oh, gee, what a surprise! Somehow, I don't understand, but, uh, but yeah. It's pretty good. This is why I'm moving to the great state of New Hampshire, so I can get out of Little Canada, also known as Massachusetts. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure by the end of this show, I'll have some nice purple lips. Oh, here's white a good wine. question. Interesting. Yeah. Do yes. you drink a white wine with a lighter cigar and a red with a stronger cigar pairing-wise? You know, in the common – I don't want to say common sense because that – comes across the wrong way but what i what i'm trying to say is you're yeah, no. in, the, in the general sense of thinking one would assume yes like you know a lighter cigar that's milder softer not as much body and strength to it yeah a softer lighter maybe slightly fruitier white wine does make a lot of sense they're gonna balance each other out so of course then you yeah. go to like a full-bodied red heavier deeper wine a lot of flavor go to stronger cigar they're not going to clash, you know. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to grab like a Davidoff signature, and then like a deep, bold Merlot. No, you're not going to do that. It's gonna the the wine just gonna overpower all the notes you get off that cigar and wash it yep. right out. Now, there's some who probably would disagree with me, but to me, I, I, that's the, my that's my chain of thought. I like because whenever I smoke. Um, and I do a kind of pairing. Most of the time, I just like to drink water when I smoke because that's, huh, yeah, that's what I find most same. enjoyable. Um, so, uh, but when I do, yeah, I try to find something that doesn't, um, you know, overpower the other. Because there's nothing I hate more than when I'm smoking and then I sip on something and then that taste in my mouth just goes, exactly. and it just, it's like, ugh, it's just, it's, it's too much. And then you go back Definitely. to the cigar yeah. and you bring the smoke back in and it's just all wonky. With with pairing, you know, pairing, a lot of people think, oh, I'm trying to match up flavors. But a lot of the times at the end of the day with drink and cigar pairings, I find the most important thing overall, like obviously you still have to have something decently flavor wise, but um, the most important thing is finding that strength level to match. Because if it is out of balance, no matter what the flavors are, one's going to overpower the other and it's going to turn into just like this isn't really a pairing this is me smoking a cigar and then sometimes taking a sip of something and um you're going to lose that aspect of you know two things adding to a greater sum of all their parts right and that's that's at the end of the goal the day the goal of a pairing is to try to elevate both of them or at least change them to create an experience that's pleasant in both the drink aspect and the smoking aspect. So that's that's what I find is that you want to really find something that's going to match up strength-wise. So in theory, finding a lighter white with a lighter cigar 
would theoretically work. But uh, again, after that, then it is kind of finding like, do you do, do you do contrasting or do you do, you know, um, complementing flavor notes, right? You know, if you have a sweeter cedary cigar do you find like a sweeter wine to go with it or do you find something on the opposite end to maybe fill in the void that that cigar doesn't offer and together they have like a full palate experience right like you know when you're cooking for example you don't you know sweet and spicy kind of go together and things like that it's not like you just add sweet on top of sweet so pairings a, a whole a whole exploratory thing um that uh know some people love and then some people absolutely detest and they believe that you should never smoke cigars with anything other than water <laughs> so some people some people not me even though i i like water most of the time just because it's simple and i'm i try to be more of a simple guy nowadays but um yeah but i wouldn't argue against it either like you you know that's the thing at the end of the day people like what they like and whatever you want to yep, do exactly whatever you like you know, it's nobody's business. It's nobody's. You know, it, it, do what do what works for you. Um, you know, that's the end of the really my rant there. Uh, but I was also yeah. I was trying to I was trying to uh, I was looking at some of the Let's comments. Let's get back on the year of the dragon. <laughs> well, so Stephen Pitts. So Stephen Pitts has commented and said, oh. "Year of the dragon is pending for cigars slash tobacco for K handouts yes. and co." That's what I heard out too. Um, and then. All of the Year of the Dragon are showing as dead or canceled. If you go to smoke, I don't know what that means. if you if you go to smoke and tobacco dot com, I'll explain in a second. If you go to smoke and tobacco dot com and you look at the article that I put out today and I wrote it, um, I actually was able to go on and I I have a screenshot, but I also have the link to where it goes of the listing of the trademark, which is listed as a uh, live live application slash opposition pending so from my understanding yes there is a opposition that has been filed however um i think technically if it really comes down so this is i'm not an expert on the trademark stuff um i am mostly speaking on what i have been come to understand um and that is that this is a live trademark. There is an opposition pending, um, but because it was filed at a certain time, um, depending on the outcome of that, if you know, if if Gurkha if Gurkha gets fully approved on this, then they obviously have the legs to stand on. Um, I think it also is going to depend on, you know. A couple of things which I wrote about in the article, and you can go and read about it. But the something that I picked up on, which is interesting, the trademark is listed as Year of Dragon, not Year of the Dragon, Year of Dragon. So, again, I'm not an expert on trademark stuff. This is something that I've been trying to learn more and more about the last couple of years. But um, I'm curious on how the missing of the the how specific that needs to be in terms of you know the legal you know the process you know davidoff released a cigar year of the dragon as did gurkha however gurkha's under the k han sosha and co incorporated who you know owns this it's listed as year of dragon 
So I know it's close, and I know arguments yeah. will be made, but I, I don't know how black and white or cut and dry that missing of the the will impact well, this. And and even prior to that, they still have somewhat of a claim over having so many dragon uh like trademarks saying that you know we're they pretty much own the realm of the word dragon and hopefully most of its counterparts within the industry right and they could even go on possibly on the basis of saying just like you know fuente has with their ex in terms of that saying you know dragon or even like we mentioned pete before i think he's um there's been stuff with anyone time someone's included like monster or even um things like that uh they kind of own that realm of what does encompass dragon itself and uh again even having year of dragon is pretty soon like the, the argument is always does the can the public become confused we own this we've been known to own this you did something that is similar enough that it could people could think that it's ours but it's not ours right I think at the end of the day, that's usually what trademark is there to protect is like, you know, something definitive there. Um, and again, owning so many dragon trademarks already, I don't know what other brands own dragon based trademarks. Um, well, I believe, I believe, and I haven't looked this one up, but I also have, I understand that Gurkha owns just dragon, you know, in mm -hmm. pertaining to the cigar and tobacco products. Um, how many other variations of a dragon something? I don't know. I also yeah. know that uh, according to Bianca Lopez, uh, when I spoke to her on the phone today, when she gave me her official statement, she did say, we also, she said, we also own several other um, year of, you know, the Zodiac trademarks. Uh, yeah, she didn't, she dragon. didn't, she didn't tell me specifically which, um, and I, I haven't found them all yet. But I know that according to her, she has she has multiple. Yeah, from what I found, it's uh, dragon, dragon fire, dragon slayer, imperial dragon, red dragon, royal dragon, and dragon lord, which are the seven that they trademarked back in two thousand nine, and then again, like the one they more recently did last or this year, earlier this year of year of the dragon, which again is in that pending stage. So it's like it's live, but it's also being fought against so i contested. don't know what the, if that holds up in course right it's contested yes yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah it's it's tricky again neither of us are lawyers this is all speculation in terms of what's going on outside of just you know our basis of what we could think of but uh but yeah it it, it will be interesting to see and then like you said will gurkha also either a have they contacted every other brand that have created a year of cigar already as well and all those brands have said okay we're gonna adjust things well what's or interesting is so what's interesting is Davidoff what's interesting um, is she she you know obviously she told me that you know they're they're looking at Davidoff on this and she gave me a statement on that and uh, I you know it's funny I, I didn't think to ask at the time um, until after the story went out but and I might even follow up with her but yeah I mean Maya Selva also released a year of the dragon yep. they called it año del dragon 2024 which is you know year of the dragon in spanish but um 
which they might have a better time fighting the trademark because it is in Spanish. There's a lots of English trademarks that when people use in Spanish, they're like, oh, well, it's like a different language. However, however, um, I did peruse through the list of trademarks today for some other companies and stuff in the industry just so I kind of get a feel for, you know, kind of yep. what's out there. And, and I did notice on some of them that they um, they were listed as, you know, like especially ones with Spanish. And it said, you know, this it translated in English is this word. So yeah. there's also that, too. There's the the actual translation that's listed within the trademark as well. So I, again, I don't know. They weren't named. Um, I, whether or not it's just because they're not on Gurkha's radar, I have no idea. Um, maybe it's because they just they want to go after Davidoff, being a bigger company, and obviously probably gonna do financially do a lot better with the Dragon. By, but by far the biggest release so far of the Dragon release by far. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and Davidoff, look, to Davidoff, they have been doing a Zodiac release for a while now, and we've talked about it for the yep. last couple of years. It seems to get more yep. and more popular every year. It goes up in price every year. Um, it, it, it is becoming a big deal for them. So, I mean, obviously, they're going to keep going with, oh, the dragon, um, yep. which we saw this year. Last year was the rabbit, and then before that, it was the tiger, and then before that, I believe it was the was the rat. Before that, it was the pig. Well, they've done the whole all. thing. The technically, I think they actually started somewhat doing this in China in like 2012 or 2011. I think someone had had yeah. reported. Yeah. And then and then eventually they actually released some of the cigars in like 2018 or 19 in the U.S. But they actually didn't call them Year of. They called them like a a, a Cuvée Selection like, 2012 Year of the Dragon right. was the cigar you're referring you to. It was released in 2011 by Davidoff in the Asian market. Um, there you go. It it was called Cuvée or QV Selection 2012 Year of the Dragon. However, it did not come in the fancy box. It didn't come in any. It didn't mm -hmm. come in a box at all. It came in, a, in one of their like vault style, like craft paper bundles that Coop has bitched about for years and years. How he hates. <laughs> um, so if you know. And I'm not picking on him. I'm saying if you if you've heard that conversation, that's that's what it came in. It came in that brown paper bundle that Coops talked about. Um, and it was and the only and the thing is the year of the dragon wasn't actually written on the bundle. Uh, what was written on the bundle was Cuvee Selection 2012. It went yeah. to Asia, and from what I understand, most of the actually all of the blend and the specifics on that cigar were not disclosed. So not much else is really known about it. Uh, but it was not released here. It was released in Asia. Um, that was the first one that they did. Then yep. from there, it began to kind of evolve slowly over time to what you see today. Um, yeah. And now it's become a major annual release for Davidoff. Big deal. Worldwide. Yep. Yeah, and we'll we'll see how this develops again. There's lots of, you know, I don't know if we want to continue on with the, the, Dav the, the Gurkha one, but... You mentioned Seraphim de Cuba most recently, right? With yep. the Fratello. Yep. Um, you know, uh, we had earlier on, very early or very late last year, uh, the Cohiba trademark for Scandinavian tobacco yeah, had been overturned one. That's in a big favor one. of Cuba. Yep. And they've been trying to win that back over. It seems to like every two to five years, like a new judge kind of comes in and, and overturns it and overturns it back and overturns it. But, um, yeah, STG fighting for their Cohiba uh, trademark. 
they're still selling Cohiba in the States, even though they technically don't own the trademark. The weird part is, again, it's like this weird gray area now where people could technically make their own Cohiba cigar in America because there's no American trademark. Like Habanos don't have jurisdiction in America, at least from what I know. Again, I'm not a lawyer. Don't if there's a brand owner watching this, don't go make a cute Cohiba cigar. But it's very it's very gray right now, this whole Cohiba thing. Um, there hasn't been, at least from what I know, a major update on the Cohiba trademark ruling for the U.S. But that was another big story that came at the very end of last year. Hasn't really been talked about much. Well, it's, um, well, it's funny. You know, I have the... Um, hold on, let me... I'm trying to get this to work. This is just not... There was another one... Uh, that I'll just kind of touch on while you're getting that up. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we reported on it, but there was, uh, was it CLD, I think, or Asylum came out with um, some Deadwood stuff. So that was a kind of an interesting trademark infringement because Deadwood Tobacco is a store and they originally used their name in conjunction with Drew Estate to make like the Deadwood Tobacco Cigars that were all, I think, where they called like the Sweet Jane. They're like somewhat infused or used used pipe tobacco. Um, they have that whole series that they did with with uh, with Drew Estate. But then I think the Deadwood Tobacco store, if, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they ended up selling or a new owner came in, and this new owner started making cigars with CLE under the Deadwood name. I think that's how it went. Um, so here's the thing. But yeah, it, that that was an that was an interesting battle. At the end of the day, CLE decided Drew Estate owned that. We're just going to name it to something totally different, and they ended up just changing the name of everything, and it's and it's named a different cigar now. And they're coming out with a the cigar under a different name. So, you know, they respected that trademark that Drew Estate owns, and you know, they had they had some. I think. Um, did, did Christian end up talking about that a little bit on the show? I don't remember. I don't think he um, did. I don't think he did. I don't remember yeah. that. But uh, but yeah, I think they ended up just saying, you know, they had a they had a, a quick discussion with them, uh, and and you know, things ended up working out where there was no bad blood in in the water. There it was just a misunderstanding in terms of new owners with new companies and where the name Deadwood lies, right? It's like, uh, again, having a store being named it, who owns the true trademark? Is it Drew Estate who owns it? Or is it the store who owns it? Or do both own it, but within different categories of the realm? Um, either way, they, they, they renamed the cigar and it's coming out as a different name. I think it's like the CLE 8, 867 or something like that. Or the Asylum 867. I, I forget the exact name. Um, that, that was an interesting kind of battle there. So earlier, earlier before when you're talking about Cohiba, you had mentioned, uh, and I was positive, but I didn't want to say it until I verified since I have this in front of me. Uh, no, yeah. General Cigar Company um, is listed as the registered and live active trademark holder of the name Cohiba for the goods and services of cigars. So they do hold it. They do hold it. Yeah. Um, legally, they do hold it in the United States. Um What's also interesting is that there are a couple other live ones pending. I think the other one is fully active. Um, I have to find it. But there's a couple others that are listed. Yeah, they're both pending, actually. 
but they're both live. And one is for a Cohiba rum, featuring the classic Cohiba styling and branding as the cigars. Um, ah. The other one does not show, you know, with the you know with the the Indian head and 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 all of that, the chief head. The other one doesn't show uh, a logo; it just has the word mark. But in the goods and services of alcoholic beverages, namely distilled blue agave liquor, which is tequila, for those who know, um, <laughs> the word mark Cohiba is live and pending. So um, it is interesting, interesting because, yeah, I mean, there, now, there are Cohiba liquors outside the U.S. Obviously, that's part of, you know, Habanos. I think they, I think what they make is cognac, though. I don't think it's rum. I think all their rums yeah. through Havana Club. But I believe because there's a Cohiba yeah. liquor in it, but I believe it's a cognac. That they that they actually have. Now another interesting thing, um, so a lot of people they see Cohiba and um, it's branded very differently than all the other say uh, Cuban marks that are owned in the U.S. So a lot of the Cuban marks that are owned in the U.S. they take homage to the Cuban esque design that was originally banded in Cuba. Um, a lot of that is due to the fact that those families who actually owned the factories in Cuba when, when the revolution happened, came into the U.S. and owned those designs and came in and kind of like trademarked them while they were coming in, right? Um, and, and again, had like legal precedent to use those those designs in the United States. Well, also half um, of those are under Altadas USA who owned half of Habanos and Cuban yeah, Tobacco. So exactly. They already had their now, connection there. So that's why like Monte Cristo and Romeo... Um, they look identical to their mm -hmm. Cuban counterparts, whereas like yes. Cohiba does not, and Hoyo de Monterey yeah, so, does not. So the reason why Cohiba doesn't there's there's two parts. A Cohiba was never like a brand that was owned by the people. It was always a brand. It was always owned a government, by the government brand. Yes. Yes. So that's part of it is that the government of Cuba always they they kind of created that brand for themselves. Um. The second thing is that uh, a guy named Sanj Patel, who owns uh, uh, some stores in New York, he yes. actually owns the trademark for the uh, the design of the yellow and the, the dots. Cuban Cohiba. Yeah, the yellow and black with dots. And I don't know if he actually owns the head as well, because with his own brand, he uses like a, a, a artistic rendition of his own. Head. Correct. Here we go. Yeah, that'd be ten fourteen. There we go. Being talked about. So, um, but yeah, so he can use that uh, on the SP ten fourteen in the United States. He has his 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 silhouetted head, the black and the yellow dots. Um, he owns that trademark, and he's owned it, I think, since like, like for super long. Um, obviously, when you look at his internationally distributed stuff, they don't look like that, and because. Obviously, Cohiba owned that in the international market, but in the U.S., it looks like it, it looks like you know, quote unquote, ripped off. But he he owns it. He owns that trademark. So, another interesting trademark uh, thing since we're on that topic. I tell you, the, you know, these uh, these trademark stories keep coming out, and every time they do, I learn just a little bit more. And as long yeah, as people, it's always interesting. As long as people keep suing each other, then. Um, I'll keep learning more. Well, <laughs> you know, at this rate, you know, for me, for me personally, I always hear two sides of it. Oh, why does the scar industry do this? We need to be fighting, you know, the big bad instead of each other. But at the end of the day, like, uh, 
you do still need to try and oh there we go hey you call we call yeah, his Sanj name and he, he arrived Sanj Patel yeah he owns the head hey, as well Sanj. yeah there you go he owns the head as well um but uh you know people people need to protect their their artistic and their uh, their trademarks their their branding their logos oh their of things. course i mean it's just, it's just good you know, business the the industry tries to be as friendly as we can but for a brand to not come out you know whether or not these things need to become public knowledge or not is another debate um you know sometimes it can help sometimes it can't but uh but yeah i think that companies should feel uh confident in going out there and, and still making these moves and and even still saying we're doing this but understanding that you know at the end of the day we're still friends but we need to protect ourselves for what we're doing and and it's purely a, a business decision right so yeah i mean but. look it's 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 a part of doing business it's a cost of doing business yeah. uh, it's how you protect your brand how you protect your company oh yeah uh, 100%. Anyone with a with a legal registered business probably has it trademarked. Um, you know, it's it's funny. You look at, you can go on to the USPTO.gov. If you go under trademarks, you can uh, you can look it up and you can see them, and keep track. And that's how and that's how we do it. Uh, the only thing I have noticed though is sometimes you you look for stuff that you know is trademarked and it doesn't come up. The search the search system is very wonky. Um, it, it, it like even, even when you're very specific, yeah. you have to scroll for a while before you find it. Cause there's stuff that I search that I know is trademarked and it doesn't come up under the general search. You really got to dig for it. So it's a little bit confusing, but if you're willing to spend the time, you can figure it out. Even sometimes, even sometimes using Google or some form of like AI chat GPT to even aid you. Um, there you go. Owned, owned it since 1983 from Sanj. Um, to help you kind of cross-reference, right? Have multiple references to see, okay, is this word trademarked in the cigar industry? Check Google, check the the PTO, like you mentioned, the U.S. trademark, and maybe use like the an AI source because, again, the AI source is pretty much just scanning through the entire internet to see what exists under that, right? And, and they can probably scan. Ironically, Google and AI probably have a better search function for that website than their own website does <laughs> true true so yeah that's that's the ironic part but uh but yeah man trademarks we'll see you know we'll see what 2024 brings um in terms of trademarks continuing battles yeah no there's but, uh, and then you had uh was it last year we had general general and arturo fuente um were yes the x over the x from the bx3 and opus x with the x being on the band and there was some some suing and counter suing going on there um and yeah. i don't i don't remember what became of that if anything but um i yeah. don't know again i don't think anything publicly was mentioned in terms of a resolution yeah um sorry i was just i'm Looking at a couple of things here, which is kind of oh, on topic, good. but um, I just I find it so interesting to go through some of this. Also, I'm getting like so stuffy, and it's just driving me insane. <laughs> it's just like it's so distracting. Um, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, let me get back to our website so I can get back onto the um, 
Well, I think that's I think that's pretty much all the all the trademark the stuff. That's all the trademark, trademark stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sticking to a pretty similar topic. I, you know, I want to talk about general FDA things because you know FDA was, was a big year. It was a big year with FDA. You know, Judge Meta threw the ruling out year. on the uh, on huge the uh, regulation of premium handmade cigars, which um, an appeal has been filed by the FDA. Um, we'll see. We'll see where that leads. But you know, as of right now, it was thrown out and. The FDA was told it cannot regulate premium cigars. Um, you know, in it's a win for the industry. Again, as we've been iterating this entire time, and I'm going to grab something to blow my nose because this is just getting out of control. Um, you know, the the fight that doesn't mean the fight is over. I mean, it's it's a win and it and it buys us a lot of time for now. But you know, the FDA is just going to keep trying to find ways to come after the industry. You know, we're seeing it with, you know, they're going after specifically in the flavored, you know, they want a flavor ban. And then when, you know, they, you know, they get that, well, then you're seeing the states and towns like, you know, some, some states are, have done it statewide. There's been towns that are doing it by town, um, you know, all across the country. And, you know, that's, that seems to be like, you know, the part of it, you know, then they'll, they'll come after other facets of it. Um, and just try yep. to take it down piece by piece. It's not over. You always yep. gotta stay on top of this. But um, you know, the re the result is if people don't push back on this, then you know, people like you know, you end up like Mitchell up in Canada, where it, it sucks up there. <laughs> yeah. So we. So just the other day, I actually found out that uh, so we do have a flavor ban in Canada, but luckily somehow again, I think Drew Estate helped with this and a few other brands. Uh, it was passed that we could uh, I think as long as the cigar is over a certain weight that is is allowed to be flavored but if it's under a certain weight it was not so like the little prime times or you know little things like that and again I think there was also a few other definitions that had to come in like it had to be whole leaf tobacco and a few other little things here and there but um, we do have a little bit of flavored tobacco in Canada but it again it was it was uh it was banning a huge huge portion of them and only allowing um some of them through uh again the pca they have filed uh or they went in front of the white house to uh to remit the characterizing flavor rule in the united states so that's that's a good thing the PCA has come forward and they're saying they're putting a pretty hard stance on, on, uh, on that one. So that is to help with the flavor fight. Um, because one of the main things was the definition they're currently using for premium scar. I think you're still muted, Matt. Um, I'm sorry. I forgot that. Was it's muted. All good. I didn't want everyone to hear me blow my nose. That's why. No, of course. That's great. I'm glad you used that for the blowing nose action. You know, but, uh, I'm not going to mention yeah, any names, but you know, for what it's worth, I, I've watched these shows. It's never happened on this show, but or our other show. But I've seen some shows where people have done some gross things on the air when either they <laughs> forgot to mute or they just don't care. There's, there's been some. There's been some pretty ugly belches. Uh, there's been some farts that have been ripped on the air. Again, not here, or you know, at least ones you can hey. hear. Um, but I, I've heard it. I've heard it. It's, it's happened, you know. Uh, so I try to be, I try to be courteous to the listenership at home. They don't want to hear that. Um, maybe some of them do. Yeah. And that's no, a that's you. a whole nother discussion. But uh, I think most people don't. So I try to try to keep it clean. Um, There's other yeah. YouTube channels for that. 
while you know it's funny you know you're talking about trademarks and we're talking about fda so far everything we've talked about has been like legal stuff we've talked about mostly legal yeah. stuff so we'll, far in the we'll show. get through those legal things first i know it's kind of dry and boring but at the same time it's some of the the bigger things that have happened this year um yep but it's true you know the fda fight goes on um you know flavor bans or what have you however facet of it you want to look at uh it's still it's still out there it's it's still out there it's not going away um so always again in saying that go you know go buy cra packs go out join the cra go support the pca you know talk to local retailers yeah cigaraction.org oh make sure you go on there and check that out Always be in touch your with your local retailers. retailers. Ask questions. Ask you know you know what you know how you know how can I? Is there any petitions right now going you know, on? Uh, stuff like that, and just stay in the know. Yeah, it it's sure these rules are going to affect businesses and and things here and there, but at the end of the day, it does affect consumers the most. It's going to affect how much we're paying for cigars, how much we have access to cigars, and well, us, you know, not you, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I say us, but you know, I, I mean, just in general, you're well, one of even, us. One of yeah, us. for sure. One even, of us. Even though it's a different country, what happens in the states is going to have a ripple effect into Canada, right? It's like true. We obviously, whatever happens here doesn't have as much of a ripple effect into you, but there's no doubt that that whatever happens in the states has a strong ripple effect into Canada. So, you know, those kinds of rulings. Um, they give our government more, you know, power to put in harsher rules, more taxation things because they can go, oh, well, they just did it over there. So we can do it now, too. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you know, everyone has to put in their time, and put in their part. If you uh, if you really, truly love and enjoy these kinds of things. And like I said, I, I try to do as much as I can here. Luckily, PCA just started an international uh, branch and I've uh, I've gotten our local cigar herf groups to sign um, you know petitions and and online it's super simple it literally takes probably two and a half minutes hey and uh, yeah let me see those teeth oh the, yeah this are is they, dude are they stained it was fine I was watching oh, yeah. you talk and I was like I remember you saying before the show, I told like, you you're like this is gonna be a very staining wine and I was watching you talk and I'm like this is a staining wine man why do your teeth look all like dark and missing and i'm like oh yeah the wine <laughs> this wine is is you got big like, teeth yeah, I'll, have, I'll have purple lips by the end of it Ooh, yeah i don't know about that you can keep that to yourself but uh <laughs> you know i wanted to also say something too there was something that happened over the weekend that i didn't know about so we had spare notes this past saturday me and kevin were on and something had happened earlier in the day that I actually wasn't aware of at the time that I probably would have addressed on Spare Notes, but since, you know, we're uh, here in this format tonight, I might as well. Um, we had talked about Fuente Padron. Now, we're also talking about year in review and, you know, some of the bigger stories of the year. The Fuente Padron has been one of the biggest, if not, you know, the biggest, you know, in terms of cigar products. Um in terms of anticipation, you know, questions, people want to know when it's coming. This is a story that everyone's kind of known something about. You know, they've known that it's coming, that nobody knew when, nobody knew how and what and how much. And it was it was it was first debuted at the show last year in 2022. 
When we got yep. to the show this year, they wouldn't really talk about it. However, at the Fuente booth, it was on display. So, you know, again, a lot of people wondering, hey, when's it coming? You know, obviously, it's a very high-profile release from two major manufacturers. Now, I would like to make a statement in response to the Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority started their show on Saturday. And Dave and uh, Dan, and I, from what I understand, this was kind of like Dan's idea. Um, it's if it, it seemed like it was his idea to, to bring this up and have this discussion on the Cigar Authority. So I've I've kind of directed this a little bit more at him, but um, they pretty much they spent some time trying to say how this is this is not a story. I I can't believe the media ran with this and Dan Dan was the one who actually said, yeah, you know, everyone, you know, saw this Facebook post and they decided to write a story on it. And it's not really a story. It was all based on innuendos. And, you know, um, then when, and they all said that, hey, this was shipping. And then when it didn't arrive at stores two weeks later, they all had to kind of, you know, justify and like turn around and, you know, and, and kind of come up with another, you know, oh, well, it's delayed now to like, and, in so many words, if you re-listen to the episode, you'll, you'll hear what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And I, I just like to say that, that that's very false. Um, I know that myself and Charlie Minato and William Cooper and um, probably the folks at Cigar Aficionado, um, like Dave Savona and um, Marvin Shankin himself, uh, have been in contact with... Carlito Fuente, Sir Casella, Jose Blanco, you know, all of the high brass people at Arturo Fuente. And we have been in communication with them the entire time. And, you know, they told us, like, look, we shipped it. It's on its way, you know, to, you know, it's, it's left the factory. It's on its way. Just like so many other manufacturers, hey, it's left the factory. It's on its way, you know. Not that I I'm think Perdomo putting did any... that this year. Perdomo, I was just about, their... I was just about to say I'm not putting Perdomo down, but you know Perdomo. Hey, thirtieth has left the factory. It's on a its way. Huge to... release. People want to know when it's coming. That's right. And you know Absolutely Perdomo, massive. Perdomo, Perdomo said when they were shipping it from their factory. Carlito Fuente told me on the phone, "Hey, Thanksgiving weekend, you know we we put it in the container, we shipped it out. It's on its way." Um, so it you know the process has started. There's another container that's going to come you know a little bit later. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Awesome. Sent me a photo, sent me information, sent me quotes. We put a story together directly with the company. So, no, there was no innuendos made. There was not a story that was based on just a Facebook post, um, which I, you know, I said to Dan and he kind of, um, I don't know, he, he tried to turn it around like, well, they put you in a bad position. They didn't They didn't no. do anything. They they told us that they had shipped a product and they gave us the information and we wrote a story. What happened was is then, you know, the container came in and Arturo Fuente claims that um, the container was dropped. Therefore, the humidors, the product inside the container was severely damaged to a point where, you know, they're not going to send it out that way. It's going to have to be gone through sorted counted well, and replaced and so yeah it's gonna it's gonna put a delay now that delay i mean you're talking about something that could be weeks months in delay 
uh, to remake all those boxes um, down in the Dominican Republic and then ship them back up. And it's Christmas, too. So right now all the factories are closed for a couple weeks. So uh, there's no one even down there right now to do it, even if they wanted to get started. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's the re- that's the reality of the Fuente Padron situation, and I just I don't know. I wanted to clarify that because I just kind of felt like I felt like you know, and I know it wasn't directed at me personally, but I you know most of the other media guys I I know what really well, and we all respect each other, and I I felt like any time that when they when anyone uses the term media, like oh I can't believe the, like the media wrote a story, I I like to think we're all in this together. So I yeah. like to respond that way, but it's not because I took it personally, but I took it, you know, not just personally, but also in response to my competitors and peers that I also have a lot of respect for and that I know they have a lot of respect for me. For sure. So um, I just wanted to clarify that because I, I felt that like that was inaccurate in itself. So uh, now, you know, now, you know how that story and the delayed notice came to be, uh, why it was published on multiple websites. Um you know, I know Coop, Coop has posted, you know, he posted something like, about how his um, how his stories are put together and, and how they're verified for yeah. information and stuff like that. So it's true. We don't just we don't just stick stuff up on the Internet. You know, we're not we're yeah. not we're not, you know, fly by night here. Again, like any credible source, we we try as much as possible to get something from the actual source. Right. Like, again, I don't think I don't think we've ever written post based off of a facebook post i think maybe there was one maybe like a couple that were like x person leaves company um but yeah it's it's just to and to say that like why are we reporting something that's like that's oh it it didn't even actually ship it's like dude like there's been multiple cases prior to this where people brands have mentioned it's leaving the factory because again like we said this is possibly the biggest ever cigar release to hit the market one of the biggest and yeah i mean it's it's one, one of the most again, talked about one one of the biggest and the other thing is like if if the if the package was dropped even if nothing was damaged they have to go through every single thing because Again, this is all like this whole thing is mainly speculation, but most of what we've heard so far is that people are going to get maybe one to two boxes per store. And if you get a box and it's damaged, it's like, okay, well, I guess there goes your box. And not to mention, there was a retailer, there was a retailer who posted online (laughs) saying that they, um, they started to get information on this and they were told the MSRP was 10,000. So, that hasn't been fully verified, but let's just play yeah, this game. In right? terms of price, Let, yeah. I, look, I know it's going to be high, but let's play this game, right? So let's say it is. Let's just pretend that, yeah, it, the MSRP is $10,000. Let's let's just pretend, okay? So at that price, if something was to happen to – now, look, and the other thing I'm going to say first, too, is, um, you know, if, if for some reason – and I'm not saying that they are, but I'm just – I'm trying to play the devil's advocate here just to, so I can say that oh, I – I yeah, we're kind of look at all, all aspects. Let's say Arturo Fuente embellished on this, and they meant they were planning to ship it. Then something held it up, and then like they had, and they made up. Like let's just pretend they did. Okay, let's pretend they did. If they came to the media and they told us 
information to put a story together and we don't know otherwise that's not on us either you know we we put out what they told us and you know usually manufacturers for the most part don't just make up stories out of thin air and put them out you know i i know it's it's been done but it's not very common to to that extent so you know in our in our defense too like you know if you know something we don't you know then you know we we weren't aware but we were told by them hey it's running uh, it's it's going so run the story and we ran the story um but the other thing was you know let's pretend it's a ten thousand dollar box if indeed there was damage that happened um you know of course they're going to go through with a fine tooth comb and they're going to check every square yep. inch of every box not that any other like a regular release wouldn't matter obviously every manufacturer for the most part is you know really dialed in on their quality control from not just the cigars but the packaging and everything like that but there's definitely a difference in checking you know on a container that was full of you know hemingway masterpiece versus you know this um yeah. there, there just is there's there's a lot more attention on it if a container of Hemingway masterpieces gets damaged, you know, there. I mean, Fuente is not going to ship it destroyed. They're going to fix it, but it's not really going to be a big deal because it's Hemingway, and you know, you can get Hemingways all the time. This is a very special, particular release with a lot of attention. They're gonna, and you know, at the price that they potentially could command for it, yeah, they're not going to fuck that up. No way. Yeah. So, you know, again, and these things happen. You know, these things happen. I, I you know, I, I, I know as Mitchell, you know, people in the business and, and people who watch the show know people in the business, you know, I talk to people yep. all the time. I talk to a lot of manufacturers. These things happen. You know, I, you know, people know, I, you know, John Carney is a very good friend of mine, very close friend of mine. Um, I, I've heard some of the things that the, the Florida Dominicana deals with nothing like bad that, you know, on them just, but you know, just part of doing business and logistics and it, shit happens. Um, there, there's been, there's been issues before John's told me personally, like they had some stuff that went out. It wasn't right. Then they, they did like a soft recall on it because they wanted to make, they wanted to make it right and they wanted to fix it. And then they reshipped all those, those products once they were fixed. These things happen. Um, you know, but it's not on us, you know, and as far as we know, they happened. If they didn't, well, then that's on the manufacturer. So that's all. I just yep. wanted to, I just wanted to clear the air. That's all. There's no hate. I mean, I still love those guys, but, you know, I just I wanted to uh, make sure that, you know, there wasn't false information yeah, they, floating around. Yeah. Again, like how like how can they say we reported on something like they don't they don't know how we got our information. Again, we report on things that are a either given to us or that we try to seek out and go to the source for, you know, Um just like, we you don't know, post not really, to, not really to like leave the topic, but just to hit on like well, all these trademark stories that have come out the last couple of days. Um, when each of those was brought to my attention by the person who, of the, you know, the accuser, you know, I went to the, uh, the opposite side for a comment before I published a story on my website. I did. Um, yes, we tried because, to. because it's, because it's the right thing to do. So it's like, you know, someone's like, you know, Oh, hey, like, they infringe on our copyright. I went to the other side and said, hey, so so-and-so saying that you did this, you know, just trying to be fair. Do you have a statement on that? Do you, you know, do you do you deny this? You know, is there a reason why? Like, do you have a trademark? You know, this is your time to speak up and say, that's bullshit. Or, you know what? I'm not going to make it as, as Davidoff did today. They, I spoke with someone from Davidoff, and I said, hey, I'm just, 
you know, I'm coming to you, blah, 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 blah. He said, can't really comment on it. I'm going to decline the comment right now. And I said, that's fine, which yeah, is also not out of the ordinary. Some, a lot of times companies are like, hey, this is new. We're being accused. I'm not going to say anything. We got to talk to our lawyers and get our head wrapped around it. Totally understand. But at least I give them that opportunity um, if they want to say something. So, again, it's all about, you know, vetting your sources and, and, and looking for credibility and, you know, for confirmation and trying to be fair when it's a, a dispute between two parties or two or more. Of course. Um, Matt, someone just arrived at my door that I literally have to go to right now. They You have to get up and leave? Were not, they were not supposed to be here at all, and I don't know why they're here. Who is it? But Who, gonna, who's done this to uh, us? I don't know. I don't know. It's a mysterious uh, person? Give me... Give me Yes, give me give me like two minutes. I'll be back. Um, the next topic I wanted to talk about, which you can start talking about, was since we're on Arturo Fuente, and one of the biggest stories happened earlier this year was the warehouse fire. Um, That's and true. Just fires in general that That's have happened. True. So, if you wanna if you wanna start recapping people on that, since it was oh, quite don't a few worry, I got something. I got happened, something. Just go answer the door. Uh, I'll, go answer I'll be the back door. Go answer the as door as quick as I possibly can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Let's wait for him to go. All right. Now that he can't hear me. How dare that person interrupt our bro- interrupt our broadcast here? I hope he tells them to you know go kick rocks. I mean this is this is a disruption to the show. I'm out here alone now, trying to defend the dead air by myself. It's very rare that I have to do this. Kevin's in the comments. Um, Sanj Patel was here. Um, he said good night, but thank you, Sanj, for being here with us tonight. I appreciate you stopping by. Jason's here. Uh, thanks, guys, for being here, watching, commenting along. We, we appreciate it. But, yeah, Kevin is here. Smoking tobacco, Kevin. Uh, ask us questions. Oh, okay. Let's see. What's a good question for you guys? Um, let's see. Let's keep it cigar-related. Why not, right? Um, you know what? Fuck it. It doesn't have to be cigar-related, even though cigars might be the answer. Uh, what does everybody want for Christmas this year? Or what is what do people think they're going to get for Christmas that they've been hinting around, like, hey, you know, Christmas is coming. Just saying, right here, I want one of these. Maybe two, but, you know, one will do, but two, you know, I'll love you forever. Um, who, who, who's, who's, uh, who, who thinks they have their, their big Christmas present dialed in this year? Um, Nicole and I, oh, Barbara's here. Hello, Barbara. Um, Nicole and I bought each other some small stuff for Christmas, but we ultimately decided that, you know, the new house that we bought was pretty much our Christmas present to each other and to ourselves. So I think Christmas is going to be a little mild this year for us, at least between the two of us. Um, but that's a pretty good Christmas gift. You know, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, I'd say it ranks high in the all time list. You know, can't really go wrong with that. Oh, all right. Let's find, let's find out what's going on here. Let's find out who, let's find out who the intruder of the, bro- of the broadcast was. <laughs> what's going on over here, Mitchell? Who was that? So, <laughs> How dare they? I hope you told them how rude this was. They need yes. to go rocks. Yeah, they, they're supposed to give me like 12-hour notice before they do things like this. But I'm I'm the president of our housing board. Huh? And so I have access to a lot of things in our complex. And they just needed access to a specific spot. And it's like... Just how about just like message me at least, not just show up to my house in like the middle of dinner time. But you know, that's a that's not or showtime. You're working right now, but I got it. 
I'm working. I ran as fast as I could to go open the door. Luckily, I found the key in one second, and, and it was it was all good. I hope you know that this will be reflected in your compensation plan. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's all right. It's, you know, I, I got to put a demerit in there. It's It'll come up yeah. at your year-end review. Be like, you know, you, you left me hanging for three yeah. minutes on the show. You know, you got to do your business on your own time, you know. And Mitchell will be like, I'm so sorry, because he's Canadian and he can't help but be polite uh, and apologetic. Yeah. Uh, no, I had asked everybody what they thought they were getting for Christmas this year, because I just needed something quick. Um, nice. Let's see. And Jason said, ask his questions. And he said, I'm wishing for a new car lease. Long, <laughs> LOL, as long as the truck is full with uh, cougars. Or, oh, cigars. Yeah, yeah that, cigars. That, that, that makes more sense. I'm like, oh, okay. that's okay. Uh, yeah, if it's yeah, full of cigars, why not? Fuck it. That's a, that's a, that's what I call a two for one right there. It's a two for one. Hey, t- talking about trucks, opinion on the Cybertruck? <laughs> the board said you're smoking too much? Yeah, I don't know. Mitchell will try to fight that one. Nah, they don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brennan Cox is here. What up, Brennan? Brennan's from Vintage Cigar Lounge. Shout out to those guys. Westerly, Westerly Rhode Island. Sorry. I almost stumbled on that one. Um, if you guys are ever in the area of Westerly, on the border of Connecticut, Rhode Island, um, anyone who's been down to uh, Foxwoods, Mohegan, it is a like 10, 15-minute ride from there. Um Highly check, highly recommend it. Go check those guys out. Great people, great lounge. I know they're all, they're also in the process of doing some uh, some facelifting, as Brendan put it when I was there two weeks ago. So uh, go give those guys some love, especially if you're a Drew Estate. They're a big Drew Estate lounge. If you um, if you're a Drew Estate person, that's 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 definitely a lounge you want to go check out. Um, they have a lot of Drew Estate stuff there. A lot of cool Drew Estate stuff. A lot of limited stuff. Um, that is the place to be. Um, Kevin, what Kevin had said something here. Uh, Matthew, share your top three favorite Christmas movies. Curious, since our buddy Coop shared his on another show, and it's obvious he knows as little about Christmas movies as he does gas station snacks and fast food. <sighs> well, ain't that the truth? Um, top three Christmas movies. I gotta go with Elf. I gotta I was go with say, Elf. Elf is up there. My sister and I really bonded over that movie. So that, I mean, I, she'd be disappointed if I didn't say that. That's that's a big one. Home Alone. You know, I always yeah, loved Home Alone. Home Alone for sure. And then I'm going to go with another one my sister and I used to bond over. And it's not a classic, but it's, you know, by any means. It's just a good Christmas movie that my sister and I bonded over and we joke about and quote all the time. So it, for us, it's fun. That's Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. Um, again, I, know I don't know if I've seen that. It's not a big one. It's not a classic. It's just one that I have a lot of memories watching with my sister. So um, that's one that we always talk about. So those are probably like my three. Of course, I love most of them. Um, even the strange the strange one that <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger did. Uh, what was that one called? Jingle All the Way. Was it Jingle All the Way? It's funny. I saw this meme. I saw this meme. The actually no, it was a reel. It was a reel on like Facebook or Instagram the other day. And it was. And once I saw this, I go, you know what's fucked up? I never even thought of this. Like, cause you get wrapped up in the movie, and I also haven't seen it in a long time. But someone made yeah. a reel about how like at the end when Arnold is dressed up as the uh, what was whatever the kid's toy was, um, 
was it like Turbo some Man? Some superhero action. Yeah, yeah it was like some rate, fictional, yeah. like it was, it was like Turbo Man or something like that. And it was like, and the kid's like, oh my God, Turbo Man, my dad, like blah, blah, blah. And he's like all upset about it. And he's like, I yelled at my dad or whatever. And it's like, I know it's a movie. I know he's a little kid, but it's like, you're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, not like, you know, fucking Jeremy Renner. I mean, you don't know that that's him. I mean, it was so funny. Like, they're like, oh, you don't know that that's Arnold? Like, the accent is so indistinguishable. Like, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. It just, ru- it just ruined that movie He's for me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Kevin, not horrible, Matt. Top three of all time. National Lampoon, Elf, and Die Hard. Die Hard's another one. I gotta watch. Die- I haven't. I haven't watched Die Hard yet this year. I gotta. I gotta get that one in before the weekend. Before Christmas is over, I gotta get Die Hard in. It's not Christmas till Hans Gruber falls off Nakatomi Plaza. That's what they say, right? You know, I, I personally also really enjoy debatably Christmas Story, but it has the word Christmas in the title and a nightmare. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, shoot your eye out, kid. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't love that one. It's not a bad one. I know no? it's a. Cl- I know it's a classic. I don't hate it, but I just, you know, I'm like, eh. Never really got into it. Yeah, that's fair. It's it is very eccentric. It like is, I watched it once and know, I was it, like, I'm done. Yeah, that that's fair. But no, I won't hate on it. No, 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 that's no, no, no. There's a lot of good Christmas movies out there. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. What was the one? Uh, What's the one with Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis when they decide they're not going to do Christmas? They're going to go on vacation. So, like, they pretend like Christmas is not happening. And then their neighbors get all bullshit because they're like, you didn't decorate your house. And, oh, you're not having Christmas. And, like, you guys are going on vacation instead. What was that movie? It was That was kind of a funny one. Oh, Kevin. Kevin's throwing some shade. Christmas story with the throw-up emoji. Ooh. Now that's hate right there. And I'm not saying that I'm going to like, you know, but I didn't love the movie, so I'm not going to like fight Kevin on it. But Kevin's got a pretty strong stance on Christmas Story right there. I like that movie. I like your Christmas Story. I know somebody who doesn't like National Lampoon. Was it Christmas with the Cranks? No. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas with the Cranks. I'm trying to Google it. I don't know if I saw that. I may. I might have. Brennan Cox, Brennan Cox said Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is the jam from my childhood. I don't know that. I don't know what that is. I have to look up that one. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Oh, ho, ho. You probably know what it is. I don't this. know what that is. Maybe if I saw I it. I've seen this. I don't know. It doesn't sound familiar to me. But yeah, Kevin, you got to like you got to tell us why like why throw up on uh, Christmas Story? I don't know anything about that one. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I don't know what that's uh, all about. Take care. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, but uh, I know someone who doesn't like uh, the National Lampoon one. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, and that's Mr. Bear Duplissy of El Oso Fumar Takes. Of course. Yeah, Bear he, he only just like, doesn't like it because he doesn't like Chevy Chase. That's what it is. He Chevy. just he fucking hates him with a passion. Um, oh, so Kev- Kevin just said <laughs> just, it's a stupid movie. Period. So Kevin, it, it, Kevin feels that Christmas Story is just a stupid movie. 
<laughs> wow. I don't know why. I just like I, I I'm like amused by that because it's just so fucking random. Like Yeah, it is. It's it's like a popular one. It's just, Kevin's like, that's just a stupid movie. <laughs> I don't know if it was a stupid movie, but like I don't hate it that much. But Kevin Kevin yeah. Kevin Kevin's out here throwing some daggers. Uh, did everyone get their unicorn type of cigar before the year end? Uh, I smoked mine at the show. I got it, but I smoked it right away. I, I tend not to save my unicorn type cigars. <sighs> and also, I don't get to smoke too many cigars at the end of the year. So, uh, I, I don't like, I don't get to smoke around Christmas or New Year's. So, I just, I just smoke them when I can. But, I don't know Bye. if I really had a true unicorn. I mean, in, in the effort of not sounding... I was, I've been fortunate enough to come into access to a lot of stuff. Um, not always easily, but I generally find my way to it, even if it's at least one. And so th there's been a there's been a lot, not that like I not that like nothing was exciting. That's not what I'm saying. But like th there's there's just been a lot of stuff that I've smoked this year, like a lot of like really cool stuff. And it's hard. To, it's just hard to like say that like one of them was the one. I mean, there's been a couple that I really looked forward to. Like I, you know, Davidoff's Year of the Dragon. I'll bring that up again. Um, I did look forward to that because. <laughs> Well, no, I, I looked forward to that one because, you know, again, because they've been doing the Zodiacs and, you know, every year it's kind of, you know, okay, how's this one going to be? Because they, you know, they've been kind of, I'd say mixed review, you know, you know, every year there's like, there's a group that likes yep. them and there's a group that hates them. And, um, I think, like I, I think I missed out on the rabbit. Um, but you know, generally they've been, you know. I don't think any of them have been complete trash, but there's some that have been better than others. I thought the drag, so I've I've smoked the Davidoff Year of the Dragon, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, I I liked it. I definitely, if you know anything about the cigar, it has a I don't know about a half inch of uncovered uh, foot, and I definitely didn't love that part of it. Once I got to the wrapper and I got to taste that, like I thought it kind of brought the cigar back together. Um, but it's it's very quick. It's not like it's a it's not like it's a long uncovered foot. It's it's real it's real small. Um, but it wasn't enough to really like sink the whole cigar. I thought the cigar was pretty good. Um, that's like a, I mean that's like a unicorn one. It's it's a very limited release. I thought that was good. Um, there's been a few others. What was what was yours that I don't even remember that you smoked at the show? Was it the Alfonso? You, you gave it to me. Was it Alfonso? You gave it to me. No. Close. You're very close. It came out this year. You it didn't give. You, we didn't have a. We didn't have a Grand Celestion this year. Same same company, different brand. Was it Add a ten year. Oh. Oh, we got that. At the, oh, yeah, we got that at the show. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I smoked it with you. We were at the Treasure Island. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was. Uh, that's when oh, I tried what? to get my I friend Matt to. That's when I tried boxes. to. 
That's when I tried to get my friend Matt to to find a nice lady of the evening to keep him company, but he he wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, to be fair, there was a lot of there was a lot of alcohol flowing that night. So yeah, there was there was a lot of yeah, it was a uh, it was a fun night. It was a fun night. But no, that was a great cigar. Um, personally, you know, I think like anything like that, you always compare it to the original. Uh, I think. I've enjoyed the original Atabay with five years of age on it more than the 10 year. Uh, it, it definitely, the 10 year is stronger and more flavorful because it takes on so much more of that wood process, right? Because he's so intimate with that, that humidity up and down and the shaving of the wood and sanding it and, and imbuing the cigar with the aroma and, and of the wood for me, took away a little bit of that balance um i find the atabay just standardized five years aged in there um it really is that really nice balance of wood sweetness uh complexity uh it you know it is so mild but you just every puff is enjoyable to the nub right so um again amazing cigar the 10 year is amazing if you can find it if you love atabay get yourself the 10 year age database. I forget what the exact name they call it, like the Dios something. It's, it's Spanish. Diosis. Um, Diosis. That's yeah, it. the Diosis. Um, awesome. And again, something I've been looking forward to since I heard they were coming out with it. Um, There's other sizes to now too, I, but they're exclusive. I think oh. industrial cigar lounge, they, they got a different size that was 10 year age. I, it might've been the Mysticos. I don't now remember, that, but I remember they, they, they made an announcement a few months ago that they were going to have an exclusive 10-year age, but it was a different size. Cool, cool. Um, I'd say that was the unicorn cigar for me this year, at least that I, I knew would be hard for me to get, and I was extremely fortunate to, to get my hands on that. You smoked uh, that and, whole and thing, too. I, I know you weren't gonna, you weren't going to waste that. Oh, of course. Because you lit that up pretty oh, late at night, and that's, that's, a, that's a long cigar. I mean that's a borderline A, so I mean it's it's just under nine inches. So I remember being like, "Are you gonna?" And I think I went upstairs, and you're like, "Oh no, I'm gonna stay down here and I'm gonna finish this." And I'm like, "Good." <laughs> so, um, good for you. You 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 went the extra mile. Matt Ty alcohol? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that's a fucking lie. I've drank with <laughs> Matt Ty on several occasions. I will tell you that is a lie. I'm getting Mori Povich yeah. out here. We're gonna take that lie detector test. Yeah. This year, I've been really stepping back from the bourbon. I'd say in terms of alcohol, I used. I did too. Two, three I lightened ago, up. I was I really hitting the bourbon hard. Me too. I lightened up. <clears throat> yeah, I, I've I've been exploring some mixed cocktails. I've been exploring wine, obviously having wine tonight. Um, exploring a bit of rum. You know, I even sent you that that Cuban rum this year too. You know. That's right. Uh, That's right. Rum. Thank you. Mitchell sent me down some Havana Club. It was awesome. Yeah, so got a guy. I've, I've been kind of like diversifying, diversifying a little bit outside of just bourbon. I've never been a scotch fan to begin with, so I don't really drink too much scotch. Um, huge Irish whiskey fan, though. Huge Irish whiskey fan. I knew so. you were, yeah. 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 Um, um, but yeah, let's, yeah, as far let's as get that back goes, to some of these big stories. I know, I know, that, I know that you were being awkwardly quiet, but I was trying to do coop. You know, when he when when he kind of like gets to the end of that that thing, and he you ever notice that and he just kind of goes like, so uh, yeah. And uh, as far as that goes, so 
Um, yeah, well, let, let's talk about uh, – and he kind of moves on to the next topic. It's a, it's a, I always know when Coop's – you know, I have to say, the one thing I love about Coop is that I always know when he's done talking on the phone. I do. <laughs> and I love that. It's not a knock on him whatsoever. I always know when I'm on the phone with Coop, I know when he's ready to go. He might not say it, you know, because he doesn't want to, like, he, like just jump off the phone. But I know when he's done. And I love that. You know why? Because I know when to wrap it up and be like, you know what, Coop, I'm going to let you go. Some people will just keep on going and going and going. And you're like, all right, I got to go. So sorry, but I got to have to kind of just end this conversation. Um, Coop, you know, can read him like a book, man. Uh, I always know. I'm like, you know what? He's done. All right, Coop. I'll, uh, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to hit the hay. And he's like, all, all right, man. Sounds good. And uh, and he's gone. And yep. I don't waste any more of his time. And I got to give it to him for it. You know? I do. Definitely. Good guy. Unlike some people. Yeah, what, what we were talking about... <laughs> What we were talking about before was uh, the Artro Fuente fire again, kind of hitting on. Oh big yes, stories. that's that was, right. That was, I mean, that was another big know. story. They they lost they lost one of their warehouses, um, where they they kept a, over a million pounds of tobacco. Yeah, if um, if you haven't seen the pictures, go to smokingtobacco.com. If you, I think if you just look up Arturo Fuente fire, it'll yeah, it's, yeah, you search for it, it'll pop up. The photos are devastating. You know, it's just. You know they're so fortunate that I think it only affected one warehouse, right? So, yeah, one warehouse. But again, I mean, it was a pretty substantial loss. I mean, look, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories that came out after that too. I, I look, I don't know how it happened, and I think that there's a lot of people that probably will never know how it happened. But you know, these things happen. I, I, unfortunately, you know, as, as long as nobody got hurt, um, you know, that's that's I think what matters most. But it, unfortunately, in in terms of doing business, yeah, I mean that. That sucks. That's a substantial loss. It's um, that they've had to deal with. Huge. But one of the things about you know them as a company is they they've always seemed to overcome. You know, so I have faith. Of in, I have faith in them. You know, they'll bounce back from it. Uh, a lot of companies could you know, you know, are capable of that too. But um, it's it's just you know it's one of those things, man. You just you have to swallow it, keep moving forward, um, yep. and just make the best of the situation. Um, yeah, Kevin's here. Kevin's all fired up tonight. Kevin, I bet you Kevin wishes he was on the show right now. Um, but let's uh, let's read off. I know we've talked yeah. a lot about news stuff, but I want to make an official news. You know, uh, just for our friends at McCall Cigars. Yeah, I mean they they're here. They they help with this show on, so I want to make sure they get their their spotlight. I was gonna do it earlier, but then the conversation kind of changed. But our uh, our official news is brought to you once again by McCall Cigars, featuring the McCall Black, rated ninety one at smokingtobacco.com. McAuliffe Black, it's a blackout. Um, something a little bit more lighthearted. You know, we, we love stuff like this. This this went out on the website earlier today because um, I, I I like to cover I like to cover some other you know stuff too. Um, Dissident Cigars donated some land to support a Nicaraguan animal rescue center. Um, for those who don't know, you know, Dissident Cigars was recently purchased last year uh, by Sin and Josh Coburn. Um, they had not been in the industry before, but they were they were big cigar smokers, and uh, they they acquired the brand. It's it's mostly led by Sin Coburn now, from what I understand, and um, she's a great person. You know, Nicole and I know her personally, and um, she she's one of the nicest people I think that I've ever met, and is definitely in this industry. Um, very caring, 
and uh, they they sent this story out today, and we we put it out, and and she announced that the Dissident Cigars has donated land near San Juan del Sur in Nicaragua, uh, designated for the construction of Nicaragua's first ever of its kind animal rescue center. The current SOS Animals Animales, how you say it, Nicaragua Veterinary Clinic and shelter is simply out of room and is frequently forced to turn it away animals in need. Um, you know, we, we've done, we've done a lot of charity stuff here. Obviously you guys know about the raffle we do every year and, uh, animals are another thing that, you know, I, I really, you know, hit home for me. I really care a lot about animals and stuff like that. Um, you know, animals and kids, you know, those are, those are the, those are the ones that just, yeah. uh, it always gets me, you know, it's, it, it gets me, you know, so easily. Um, so, you know, stories like this, you know, to me, I, I get excited about because it just, it's a soft spot for me. So, um, I thought that was really cool. You you can read the whole article and you can get some more information. There's a link to a GoFundMe for, um, for donating money towards their cause. Um, it's on smokingtobacco.com. You can find it. It's, it's still on the homepage right near the top. You can find the link. Um, you can kind of see some photos of some of the stuff they got going on down there. So just. I don't know. It's just it's something different, and I like to do some different stuff when the opportunity presents itself. And just a huge shout out to to Sin and everyone down there. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just just doing something nice for for the community. I think that's it speaks again to what this industry is all about. So that's our uh, that's our official news for the week. Um, anyway, it's it's tough to do a whole year in review in the hour and a half to just shy of two hours that we do this show. It's there's there's a lot of stuff that 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 comes up during the year, and if we didn't mention it, it's not because it wasn't big enough. It's just it's a short window with a lot of stuff to cram in there. So um, there is one last big one I think that we should touch on, and uh, someone mentioned Room One Hundred One Gin. Obviously, Room One Hundred One being acquired last year and this year SDG acquiring Alec Bradley. That was probably, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's definitely, you know, especially with a, a the Alec Bradley acquisition was a big deal. $72.5 million. Yeah. They publicly announced how much they were acquiring the brand for. Um, there was a lot around who would still be uh, working with the Alec Bradley brand under STG, who would be moving on. And, uh, yeah, I think it was just, again, we have a few articles on our website that you can check out, but, uh, one of the biggest, uh, stories of the year for sure is, was the acquisition and that got a lot of people talking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, STG's empire continues to grow. Um, yeah, they, I remember we were at TPE when that, when that finally was made official and, 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 you know, came out and I remember I woke up in my hotel room that morning and uh, my laptop was laying on the floor next to me is in my phone and I, I picked up my phone and I was in Las Vegas at the time so I was you know I was three hours behind the rest of the world and I just remember I rolled over opened my phone I had all these notifications and I was like oh okay and I had like seven of them from coop and other people and I'm like okay and it was just like boom Alec Bradley sold to general and I'm like what? And I just remember I sat up. I I, I started making phone calls and um, preparing that story to go out. And uh, then I said to Nicole, like, we got to get over there. And I want to talk to Bradley because I want to get to him before the rest of the world start, starts to swarm him. And I, we got there early and we I got right in there and I went right up to Bradley and I'm like, and he's like, 
this all just happened. So I don't really have too much I can say. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a big story, and it just kind of it caught me off guard. You know, especially just being at TPE and you know already being wrapped up in all that, and you know, yeah, it was uh, it was surprising. You, you saw the number, the seventy-two point five million, like you said. That's it's a lot yep. of money for a company that didn't have, um, you know, a lot of facilities and you know farms, factories, and again, that was all brand based. That was all brand that based for seventy two and a half based. million. Yep, and mind you, maybe brand based plus contracts, right? Like from what I've heard, again, we don't get all the details, but most of the contracts in terms of where and 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 how the cigars are being produced are Correct. staying with those similar similar brands and or similar factories and stuff like that. So um yeah, it was it, it was a bit more and I'm sure obviously as well as like, you know, their entire inventory of what they've created and what's going to be created, right? So um but unlike some of the other like that that was seventy two million on on a huge portion of brand, right? There wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like if someone's going to go acquire Perdomo and it's like, oh, you get all of these factories, all of this land, all of these box making things like, or, or if someone's to acquire Fuente, you know, same thing. It was, uh, you know, Alec Bradley was a majority of uh, um, outsourcing based kind of branding style uh, company. And so, yeah, it was, and again, amazing. Congratulations, Alan Rubin, just like you know, building something from the ground up, and uh, yeah, they're all set. And, Bradleys yeah. are all, you know, yeah. I mean, the Rubens are all set. Um, you know, that was and and the boys seem like they're still wanting to stay in the industry, right? Like they're still working hard with STG to, you know, hold the name of Alec Bradley up. You know, it's it's the the brand was named after them, right? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, as well so as as well uh, as Alec and Bradley, which I also believe was part of it too. So. Which was yeah. kind of, was kind of just the boys project, you know. Yeah. Um. That was you know that was cool. So yeah, they they've stayed on and heard too much about that about the Alec and Bradley and where that's kind of heading. But and again, it's going to be interesting to see where all these brands go after a few years. You know, you get bought out at first. It's like all right, you know, they stay on. But you know, I just hope you know for for both you know Room One Hundred One, Alec Bradley. Um. I I hope that there isn't too much major change, you know, or and. Uh, yeah, and people attached stay on for a while. Yeah, um, I think that would be, uh, I think that would be great to see them continue to blossom. I mean, those are, those are two brands that I, you know, they're great brands, great people. I, I wish them nothing but the best. Um, but you know, General is General's been on a buying on a buying spree the last several years. So, uh, and there's next there's, year. Con- there's constantly be next year. There's constantly speculation about who's going to be next, and I'm here. here we you know we've we've talked about like the rumors of certain people, but uh, I also heard separate rumors of you know regardless of who it is, you know there's going to be another one next year from yep. General. So yep. I, again, you know we'll we'll see. I mean, you know General is they're 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 out there to stake their empire, and you know they're growing. I mean it's a big company. Scandinavian Tobacco is is a big big company. Um, so it, them Power buying house. more, them buying more people won't be a shock, especially at this point. Um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if they were in, I, I guess like the last one, not a huge story, but it, again, for industry wise, you know, three of the big four coming back to the PCA next year officially and in and trade show related news. Yeah. That was probably the, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty big. I mean, it's great to see that, you know, I mean, it, it's yeah. not, you know, 
having those people at the show is is great for everybody. It's great for business. It's great for the PCA. I mean, it's more money that's coming in for the PCA. Um, you know, the trade show has moved. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of changes to the trade show. You know, yeah. we're going. You know, it's been moved up to the spring. You know, it will visit New Orleans in 2025. Um, after yeah. that, we don't know, but um, you know, they're, very, they're playing around a lot of things different things. Yeah. So, but which is good. I mean, I don't know. It, it I think moving the trade show up is is going to be interesting to see. You know, how does that you know affect uh, the the timeline and you know what gets released in the year? And you know, I know a lot of manufacturers do do try to plan around that trade show. So, um, yep. it it'll be interesting to see you know, the ripple effect of of making those changes and you know if they work and. I don't. It sounds to me like it's gonna stay. It's gonna stay this way for a while, um, even yep. if it's even if it, for some reason it's not hot out of the gate. But it, it's sounding like this is what most people wanted. So, um, hope. Uh, I mean, it sounds to me like this is the way it's gonna be. So, um, yeah, trade show wise, some major changes there. It's more of a developing situation. We'll see how that pans out over the next yeah. few years. But um, yeah, it was a busy year. It was. It was a busy year. Weird year. Prices went up, you know. You're starting to see the ripple effect of um, the pandemic time, and you know a lot of the things that happened then that you know you're just seeing now because um, you know these things take time. Projects that began and were being worked on coming to fruition, you know, with everything with the you know inflation and cost of everything just worldwide right now. Um, but especially here in the U.S., you know, you, you know, we saw a lot of things go up, a lot of price changes, lines get dropped at the end of last year and things being changed. So that way, you know, companies can be in a different position for this year and adding to their portfolio and stuff like that. So in terms of, you know, the monetary side of it too. Yeah. There's, there was, there was some, some substantial changes as well. Um, it'd be curious to see how it pans out in 2024, but, um, Certainly don't see it going too backward, at the, at the least. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but this was uh this was one of those this was one of those shows that we usually do, you know, just kind of talk about the year. It, it to be honest, it was nice. I, you know, I I, I intentionally left this one um kind of where it was because I think this is a great time to do this show. Um, in case I couldn't make it, you know, I know that you guys could have done this show without me, but uh, next next week I won't be on the show. Um, I have opted yeah. to I have opted to sit this one out while I uh, get myself situated. So next week's gonna be Mitchell and uh, McTavish from Developing Palace. McTavish. Gonna, they are going to do a Cuban cigar episode. So if you are a Cuban cigar guy, next week is the week to tune into this show for sure because I don't think we've ever done one. Uh, I've smoked Cubans on the show before, or at least I think I've smoked Cubans on the other show. But um, I have them. I smoke now, them from time to time. I mean, it's part of being involved with cigars, but uh, we've never really done a show on it. So I figured I'll let the two Canadian guys who probably smoke them more than I do uh, do a whole show on them. And uh, yeah, I'll set it out because I have big things to tackle next week. So. <laughs> now, for those who have access to Cubans, I think I am going to be smoking an H. Hempen Connoisseur B. Uh, I either have a Connie A or B. I forget which one. Uh, it's in my humidor somewhere. 
that I that I've been sitting on for a little bit of friend that I've been wanting to get to. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what John's going to smoke, but I'm sure he's got access to a good few things. Um, but yeah, we'll. I think what we're going to try to tackle on that show is just kind of like international market versus U.S. market, right? What are the biggest difference? What's the Cuban market been doing? Um, I had some friends this year go to the Partagas Festival, and they've kind of reported back to me kind of what they saw and what uh, you know what Cuba's looking like. And uh, the Habanos and then, Festival, yeah, or the Partagas Festival. Is the Partagas Festival the Habanos Festival? I think is happening soon-ish. Um, but yeah, this was February. the Partagas Festival that was. Yeah, in a couple months. Uh, this was about three weeks ago, I think, was the party of this festival. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. So, yeah, you get a tour, like, around there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I'll be kind of talking about that. And, again, obviously, you know, being in Canada, a lot of a lot of the guys I smoke with are, are Cuban cigar smokers. So, you know, they're they're always talking about that side of the, the industry. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about that. And, and uh you guys, should do some Cuban, then... you guys should do some Cuban rum too. Keep it all on theme. I mean, I don't. Yeah, care I don't. Care I, know, what you do. I know. I know. John's a huge Scotch guy. I, I if he is going to pair, I assume he's going to pull out a Scotch. Um, I don't know. I think I might just go with water to just really, really allow that cigar to 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 shine in itself and see what I can pull out from it. Because I know Cuban cigars are much milder generally, and especially H. Upman being a pretty mild brand. So. Well, Cubans definitely have a distinctive taste, and there's, yep. you know, it's one of the contributing factors to why, you know, true. I know I'm going to say something's going to piss people off, but it, it just it fucking has to be said. All right, so get over it. Uh, true Cuban cigar smokers, meaning the people who smoke Cuban cigars because they they genuinely enjoy Cuban tobacco, they like Cuban cigars, they like that taste, they like that. Not the people who smoke Cuban cigars just just because they're Cuban. Sorry. I had to say it, um, you know, because there are people out there that they they smoke them for the for the the for the know, band for the band and the novelty of oh it's Cuban. Well, okay, and that's fine, but I don't know. I'm just I guess I'm too much of a purist. I don't know. <laughs> if you're gonna smoke it, smoke it for the tobaccos. Look, yeah, the Cuban cigars are not what they used to be. Okay, they're not. You know, quality control is. Not their strong suit, to say the least. And, you know, when they do have decent grade tobacco that they're working with, you know, like some some of the stuff that they, they, they use, some of their their higher tier stuff. You know, Cuban tobacco has a distinctive flavor, and it is tasty, um, and it is a flavor I enjoy. Do, why do I not smoke more Cuban cigars? Is it because I live in the United States? No, that, that doesn't really stop me it may slow it down but no it's just honestly i just i don't see the the need in and and overpaying for cigars that quality wise are not guaranteed at all and i can buy cigars i know for a fact are going to be you know very comparable that are much higher in quality and easily to get more easier to get and better in price um but you know there are cuban cigars that i do enjoy i have my favorites you know um Partagas Serie D number four, the Serie E number five. Classic. Um, you know, Cohiba Siglo six, Holy. Siglo three, um, the um, Siglo Medio, the um, the Monte Cristo number two. You know, th- there's there's I have my favorites. 
Sure, I've smoked them all on plenty of occasions, but they're not my regular go-tos, but, you know, when they're good, they're good. But half the time, they're not. Yep. And so I don't waste my time. Um, but I don't hate <laughs> them. That's my stance. But anyway, it's better off that you guys do that show without me. So I'll let you guys <laughs> do your thing. and It'll be a fun show. It'll, it'll be, be fun. fun. And I can, focus, I can focus on getting my my home situated, which has been yeah whew, such a handful. So um, I, I, was like, next, you know, I don't want to worry about dealing will. with the show. Like, Mitchell, this is your thing. I need a break. I, I have things to do. So Mitchell will do the last show of the year without me. <laughs> Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that. And then I'll be back in January uh, with Kevin. Another, yeah. I was going to say another notice next week will be my last official regular show. That's um, right. We talked, we talked about that last week. Year. Yeah. So if, if, you know, if you're, you, you don't tune in every week, uh, you know, next, next week will be the last time to see me regularly. I'm going to be on, I'm at least I'm going to try to be on for when we do the scar of the year uh, list reveal. But, uh, but, Outside of that, that'll just be a one-off. Um, I will not be here unless I am absolutely needed on Wednesday. So, Kevin, to answer your say, question, sorry, say goodbye to me. So, um, yeah, say goodbye to Mitchell next week. He's not disappearing forever. He just won't be. No, I'll be still doing reviews. I'll be writing articles. You'll see me on the Saturday show every once in a while. He's not leaving the team. He's not going anywhere. He just can't be on the show. He'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. But to answer your question, Kevin. Uh, that's not necessarily what I'm saying, but maybe they do have <laughs> access and they just choose not to. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, don't even get me started with the people who, who post daily and they're like, are these real? And it's like, they're, and the thing is with those posts that I love too, right? They either post stuff that's like blatantly, like, even if you're not a regular cigar smoker, it's like, does that look real to you? Come on. It looks so cheap. And then you get the people who post like real shit and they're like, uh, is this real? And, and granted, maybe those people don't know, but then you get the people in the comments who, you know, are keyboard warriors and like, oh no, it's the, the, the chief is like the wrong size. And the, there's like, there's 300 dots. And there's, there's only supposed to be like 275. It's like, it's a real fucking Cuban. Like I can tell by looking at it. I have been around the block yeah. enough times to know that's a real Cuban cigar. And I'm like, where did these people come from? Like the internet. <laughs> just like, who, who cares? Just fucking smoke it. You got a cigar in your hand. Fucking smoke it. It's about the experience. You know, at the end of the yeah. day, it's about the experience. If you've learned nothing from this show or any show, we could talk to you about the great cigars, the bad cigars, the fun cigars, the cool cigars. And it's all fun stuff. But at the end of the day, if you got a cigar, and especially if you got some people to smoke it with, that's all you need. It really is. You know, like, it doesn't take much. That's the best advice I could give any cigar smoker is if you have cigars – as long as it's smokable and it doesn't taste like complete ass and you got a good drink maybe and you got someone to smoke it with that's that, that's the that's best the you best. that's that's the best you can and you're going to get and enjoy it enjoy it that's 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 my advice so i'm going to i'm going to end the show on that that's that's my that's my uh that's my closing card so don't forget to visit smokingtobacco.com for more cigar news reviews and updates from the industry. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on all of our social media platforms and everywhere you can get your podcasts. Mitchell and John McTavish holding down the fort next week. Cuban cigar episode. Merry don't Christmas. miss it. Merry Happy Christmas. Holidays. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Um, you know, want to make sure we cover them all. Um, you know, it's 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 a special time of the year. Enjoy it, whatever your holiday is. 
Enjoy the family. To you and the family, these are the special times. Um, enjoy. Don't get too shit-faced. Don't get angry if you didn't get what you wanted. Just be grateful, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, just be just be grateful. You know, you 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 have your health um, and everything else, and uh, and keep it lit. We'll we'll see you next week. I'll see you in 2024. Um, this is my goodbye for 2023. But um, yeah, keep it lit. I'll see you next year. Mitchell, have fun, do your thing, and uh, they'll see you next week. All right, guys, take care. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.